From Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file recommendations, make reports, work on announcements, and generally survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. One day, maybe we'll escape the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Oh, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. You're, you're going to keep all that stuff I said at the beginning, aren't you? You're, just, you're not going to edit it out. You're going you're gonna to have me berating myself for doing a bad intro. I will, I will cut it all out. Oh, thank you. New me. It's the new me. No cold opens of outtakes anymore. <laughs> no embarrassment. No, no yeah. humiliation. All right. That's, that, sounds, that sounds awesome. Because you know what they say, don't get cucked on the radio. They say they do say that. I, I never knew why they said that. Until well, it's because you've got it on your t-shirt. Yeah. Well, I mean, I make, I make good, I make like mad dollars on my don't get cucked on the radio shirts. I mean, and I do it I, like It's actually like, I've got a series, like it's like, don't get cucked on or in various locations. Right. The radio you, one is really popular. I have a don't get cucked in Henry Baker hall. <laughs> that that's one we should distribute for free. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that happens. That happens to people and they don't like it. Here you go. Counselor. <laughs> Here you go. You soy boys. Don't get cucked in every maker hall. I'm gonna cut that though. That is that is gone. <laughs> you don't you don't think we should be calling the counselors soy boys? It was no. just general. It was general like okay. soy boy appellation. Anyway. Or maybe I'll bleep it so people can like guess which counselor I think is the most cucked at council. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do it like that. Then. Actually, no. I'm gonna do my ranking of most to least cucked counselors right now. <laughs> so it's counselor. Okay. Counselor, he's he's the OG. He's the Urcuck. <laughs> okay. Counselor is super cucked. Like, he does he does do that cucked thing occasionally. Yes. Yeah. Counselor, uh, who else would be really cucked? Um, like those are those are the three main uh, cucked people on council. Yeah. Uh, the the rest might not be right. I think the, I think the, the rest, rest are all doing the cucking. Yeah, the the rest are all like like Chad the Giga Chad like that's yeah 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 and then uh, award for most cucked who's not on council that would be I think I think I think there's like a cucked field that obliterates all others within like a one mile radius of yeah 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 that's a, that's a, you, you know you know when he did that announcement you know with the uh, with the it was it, the, the the cuck field was so strong that he actually like force femmed that gigantic machine. Oh man, that's uh this is really going on the air, isn't it? This, this <laughs> might be the one that gets us just finally booted off. Yeah, we should probably do attendance. Okay. Okay. Uh well you know I'm just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be super straightforward today. You're Paul. I'm right. Aiden. That's us. All right. Well uh I guess we move on to our agenda then. So the history of this period of city council when it's written up is going to be of how uh, every time you thought 
uh, it could not get more crazy at city council. Uh, city council says hold their beer. Yep. This is a COVID adult time in city council. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, we finally got closure on the saga of Councillor LeBlanc and Stevens, the uh, integrity complaint against them. The integrity commissioner report had been brought a few weeks ago to council and uh, Mayor Masters moved it into private session of executive committee and it languished there for weeks. And the report finally came back. Um, the, 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 the initial report had been, you know, the initial recommendation, sorry, had just been, uh, you know, censure, not censure, but, you know, reprimand LeBlanc and Stevens for what they did to Nikki Anderson, demand they write an apology letter. That was pretty much it. Masters brought it forward. Um, well, she was chairing the meeting. Actually, Mancinelli uh, moved the motion that got all this kicked off. And uh, it kept the bit about, except. well, first of all, it was except the findings of the Integrity Commissioner's investigation, which basically found that LeBlanc and Stevens had contravened two sections of the Code of Ethics bylaw by... Um, making the city manager's life hard with a lawsuit and making city council look bad because it looked like council couldn't do anything unless they went to court and that they didn't, they didn't try other options according to the integrity right. commissioner. Part two of the motion was that they were going to, the council was going to reiterate their expression of disappointment with councillors LeBlanc and Stevens. But then the third part was all new stuff and uh, it comes in three parts itself. So it was to direct the city solicitor and the city clerk to prepare a report for consideration by executive committee in Q3 of this year. So fall kind of thing. Uh, first of all, to look into the steps required to ensure that the city of Regina employee harassment policy is extended to cover and apply to the city manager. Part B was to provide a jurisdictional review of ethics bylaws adopted by other Western Canadian jurisdictions with particular emphasis on the practice in Saskatoon. And then Part C was outline options by which City Council could delegate a review and recommended enhancements to be conducted by an external party. So this was all new. This had been hashed out in some fashion uh, behind the scenes in that in-camera session, although... <coughs> Um, after this was read onto the record, Councillor Stadnichuk uh, raised an objection to it, and uh, which suggests to me that she at least didn't know about some elements of this before it came to council. She certainly hadn't agreed to them mm -hmm. before it came to council. And uh, this is what happened, and I will play you some audio of that. Joy. Thank you. So the amendment would be that... Um that we direct the city solicitor and the city clerk to prepare a report for our consideration in quarter three of this year um, to ensure steps required to, to uh, have the Regina the city of Regina employee harassment policy is extended to cover and apply to the city manager. Um, and also just given the number of, of um, investigations even reported, whether or not they were substantiated or not, to uh, it was recommended by, frankly, both integrity commissioners that um, outline some options for city council to uh, delegate a review and recommended enhancements to be conducted by an external party for um, the code of ethics bylaws. I think it was uh, acknowledged that this was the first generation and other cities have updated theirs as they've worked through the through some complaints. And so this would um, 
allow us to see what other cities are doing with their code of ethics bylaws in Western Canada anyways uh, but particular emphasis on the practice in Saskatoon as we learned they have a commission that looks at these things uh, and perhaps can piggyback on some of the work and then the idea that we may end up with whatever that jurisdictional review shows that we would uh, uh, outline options for us to consider delegating uh, some recommendations to come back recommended enha enhancements by a, uh, an external party not necessarily internally so would you accept that Fenley amendment Jason thanks Councillor Mancinelli Councillor Fendura thank you Councillor Stanichuk go ahead because it's already been accepted as a friendly amendment is it debatable well, you can speak to it now but it's I can speak now to it okay I, I mean I have no issue with the um, wanting to have the city manager under a harassment policy but I have um, a concern of linking it to this issue because the report from the integrity commissioner did not find any evidence of harassment so I just find it by having it linked in in this these um, uh, these recommendations it is as if we are implying that this was a harassment issue I think what it, I, I think what it highlighted excuse me I think what it you're gonna be asked to leave one more time um, I think what it highlighted was the fact that there was nowhere Councillor, Commissioner, please go ahead. And the rest of them in balance. You can actually all leave now. Commissioner, you can escort the balance of the gallery out. Yeah, I think what it highlighted was the fact that she wasn't in terms of Excuse elements. Me, Mayor, yeah. not leaving, and I think your ruling is correct. All right. We'll wait. I suggest we adjourn for 10 minutes while this worked out. We'll recess for 10, commissioners. Thank you. reconvene 724 so just to advise the public um, the chair presiding member over uh, council is uh, <laughs> obligated to maintain order and preserve decorum of the meeting so the gallery has been cleared due to uh, shouting and 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 etc within the gallery so we're back at it I believe Councillor Kidney if you wanted to well, just first to clarify, are the doors to remain locked for the duration of the meeting? Yes. Okay. So that is the part that I would challenge because um, our council meetings are 
supposed to be public meetings. And so if we have the doors locked, then it's no longer a public meeting. And so I will challenge that ruling, but I would ask that all of council is able to participate in that vote on the challenge. Part of that, uh, Councilor Skinniak requires a seconder. All right, Councilor Stanichuk, Councilor LeBlanc and Councilor Stevens, come on back. Uh, given that it's a challenge, uh, it'll go to vote. The challenge to the chair's ruling. Clerk, start the vote. Count. Oh, sorry, a yes would be in favor of the chair's ruling. Councilor Nelson and I vote uh, in favor of the chair's ruling. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. Um, Mayor Masters has made a ruling that the doors of the chambers will remain locked. However, it's still a public meeting in the sense that the media is present and it's being televised and streamed. Councillor Zakidniak has raised a point of order and has challenged the chair's ruling on that. To make it simple, if you agree with the mayor's ruling, you vote yes. If you agree, if you don't agree with the mayor's ruling and and uh, agree with Councillor Zahidniak's chair, then rule or challenge, then vote no. Councillor Nelson, I apologize. Could you vote again? Yes, Councillor uh, Councillor Nelson, I vote in favor of your ruling, Mayor Masters. Thank you, Mayor Masters. The challenge to the chair. Your your ruling has been upheld in a vote of seven to four. Those voting in favor are Councillors Hawkins, Bresciani, Nelson, Fendura, Mancinelli, Mole, and yourself. Those voting against your ruling were Councillors Stadnachuk, Stevens, LeBlanc, and Zakidniak. Thanks very much. All right. Well, end result of that vote is that the doors remained locked. Yeah. Democracy itself yeah. was cucked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, we know uh, that that uh, Nelson. We, we hear that Nelson voted in favor. That's yeah. not a surprise. That soon, no. that sounds like a Nelson sort of vote. To me. Yeah. So I couldn't hear what people were yelling, but it was sort of touched off by Stadnachuk raising this objection about this implication that it was harassment uh, of the city manager. And uh, yeah. And in the end, uh, how did the total vote go? Um, yeah. In the end, this all got adopted, and uh, Zakidniak and Stadnichuk voted against it. But um, there was sort of an attitude of, let's get this done. Let's get it over with. And that's, uh, that's where we are. But yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of, this is the this is the first time that I've ever seen the entire gallery get cleared out. Uh, only media was allowed back in and counseling. So. I mean, I know that, I, I, I understand that. People, people were upset. I mean, the, fortunately, I mean, media was allowed in and the whole thing was recorded. So it wasn't whisked away into private chambers, which is nice. So there is that. On the other hand, it uh, kind of sucks that the, everybody got kicked out. And I'm sure Masters would say, well, it's the fault of, of those few troublemakers. Yeah. But I would say it's the fault of Masters because she was the one who did the kicking out anyway yeah it is I, I i think this really highlights just how frustrated and broken things are here right now and i do yeah. think that, i think you're right that there is like covid trauma uh in within the council and just in general <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah either i like either neurological or psychological like I, I i agree i think i think i think the even if people on council don't you know don't have like covid brain damage 
we all are beginning to act as if we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. This is the Queen City Improvement Bureau. And we're talking about my master's clearing uh, the gallery during discussion of what to do with the LeBlanc and Stevens problem. Uh, I'm hoping that this is... I'm hoping that this is the conclusion of all of this, but I wouldn't be surprised. There's, there feels like there's been like a genie let out of the bottle in Regina. Saskatoon has had no integrity commissioner complaints over a time period where we've had like, you know, multiple that have gotten to the point where we've gotten reports. I, I feel like there's going to be more, right? Like, I think, I think there's going to yeah. be a tit for tat that's going to be going on here where, um, I don't know if they'll be coming from within city council or from, you know, the general public, but I think just seeing people, you know, up at arms in the gallery that way, which, you know, isn't unheard of, but Mm. to take it that far that everything had to get shut down for, oh, and by the way, that music, that was like, that was almost a 20 minute interlude there where was, uh, yeah, they were supposed to shut down for 10, but it went quite a bit longer than that. Um, but it just kind of highlights how a lot of people feel like they're not being heard at city council and that uh, they're frustrated with the process. And I think it also points to how city council, I think, maybe feels a bit like they're being hijacked by issues that are maybe out of their control, that they don't have they don't have the capacity to deal with. And, uh, you know, I think they'd like to get back to doing roads and gotcha. infrastructure. So, <laughs> but all this, you know, in the background of this, uh, there's a tent. Well, I guess we can almost like it's a tent city almost at this point. Like the encampment has gotten so large that it has taken over the whole front uh, courtyard in front of City Hall and uh, multiple, multiple tents there. And uh, lots of people are sleeping overnight in the City Hall uh, uh, front garden there. And I don't, I've heard that. Uh, because it's not a park in the traditional sense that there's no like sort of trespassing thing they can use to get them out the way they did with Pepsi park, which is why they're here or Mm -hmm. with, um, you know, other, other parks in the city. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't see this ending. I don't see an end to this tent encampment at city hall. I don't know how it will. will Yeah. I don't, I think, I think it'll eventually end when they just come in and clear everyone out. It's going to be, and it's just—I think it's going to be ugly. That's yeah. is is my guess. Yeah, I did go out and talk to some of the people there. Uh, it was a nice sunny afternoon. Everybody seemed, you know, pretty chill. I, like I hear, mm-hmm. I heard from them that things at night can get pretty nasty. That there's like, you know, just there's the general uh, bad stuff that can happen in a downtown on a night. Right. And having all these people here, they're kind of seeing it, participating in it, victims of it as well. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know how to, uh, in the scrum after the meeting, after this council meeting, the mayor was asked, um, what is she going to do? Like, what's her answer to this? And she just basically said she doesn't have an answer that, um, uh, she had been, uh, called out for saying that the real problem is, uh, substance abuse, not houselessness. Um, her new her answer in the scrum was much more nuanced. That basically she was saying that we don't have the resources 
uh, currently for the people who are using substances. We need more barrier-free housing mm-hmm. for these people. Uh, but that the city hasn't, it's not built. It's not there yet. We're getting more. It's not going to be enough. And yeah. when she was asked for an answer, she just said she didn't have one. And then she added, you could phone, like that she could get on the phone and she could call up, you know, any of the mayors in this in the country because they're all facing problems, this problem or similar problems, uh, and none of them have answers either. That th- there's just no solution right now to this problem, and uh, so I think we're we're stuck in a weird and tragic limbo where <clears throat> people people with no homes, no hope, noth- nowhere to go, nothing to do uh, to to fix this problem are kind of stuck and. City Hall is feeling kind of handcuffed. I, you know, whether they should feel that way or not, uh, that is definitely the way they're presenting that they don't have any, they don't have an answer and they, they have no resources to solve this problem. Yeah. I think if that's, if there's one thing that we've learned in the, what is it now, eighth year of, of the Queen City Improvement Bureau yeah, is that city, city hall is often very limited yeah. in, in what they get and they don't, and what they often also make things worse for themselves uh, at the same time. Um, But yeah, no, they, how many times have we said, can city do this? And the answer is no, they just don't have the power or don't have the resources to do X. Uh, And then they promptly, you know, try to explain themselves and stumble over themselves doing it. Uh, So this is, I think more, more of the, the same situation. Yeah, and we've seen a few times where city council has sort of stepped out of their sort of traditional zone of influence uh, mm-hmm. early in the pandemic when they tried to like implement um, stricter uh, COVID measures than the province mm. implemented. They got smacked down immediately. The, oh, the province just told they? them you can't do that. And when they tried to like limit who could you know sponsor sponsor buildings, the premier started tweeting nasty things at us. And so I think. I think this council, you know, has like tasted the wrath of the province. They know yeah. they, they they know from experience how limited their powers are and how swift the province is to um to assert its authority over stuff like this. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm extremely not hopeful right now. I I, I agree. I don't think I think it's going to be ugly when this ends. But the people outside are so nice too, right? And the people who are helping <laughs> them are so nice, and everybody cares and is you know full of compassion and concern and wants wants a better life for everybody. And yet, um, oh, you know what? On Twitter today, Sheila Copps weighed in on the houselessness situation. Former MP, famous former MP Sheila Copps, and. Um, she was talking about the situation in Nova Scotia where they have like a houselessness crisis as well. And she, um, you know, I'm just going to call it up here. Um, so this is Sheila Copps on Twitter. Pretty much everyone has forgotten that the federal government were told to get out of social housing and simply transfer money to the provinces. The provinces took the money and many did nothing. Uh, and she would know. Yeah. Cause she would have been there and seen this happen firsthand. Um, yeah. So no surprise, you know, that the provincial government is the one that's, you know, once again, 
not stepping in and doing their freaking duty, like living up to their responsibility to the, you know, the poor people, the, uh, the, you know, well, they've, they've, they've got budget surpluses to hoard. Oh, they right. got it. They've did they're, they're, they're sitting smog like on their pile of wealth. So, you know, <sighs> when you, when you, when you're, when you're keeping an eye on this constantly accumulating pile of money, uh, it's it's hard to uh, get up and go and help help other people because you know somebody might come in and you know m- mess with your money. So That's true. Somebody so, might, yeah. Can't blame them for. Yeah, for somebody might come in and take the Arkenstone when you're not looking. Oh, that Arkenstone, darn. Yeah. So. I that's all that the Lord of the Rings stories really are. It's just somebody shows up, takes something, and like somebody else freaks out. Yeah. Just repeatedly. Tolkien yeah. had one idea with with orcs involved. Yeah, yeah. He uh, and yet he spun it out to thousands of pages. Oh yeah, well people keep on showing up and taking things. So yeah, or people keep on freaking out and reacting to theft. So yeah, very 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 British sort of preoccupation. Yeah. People intruding on property and taking stuff. Yeah. Anyways, that's where that's at. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm depressed about this, frankly. I I, I don't have I don't have much more to add. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not fun. I mean, we, you never know. We may we may see we may see a resolution that doesn't result in just bitterness and misery. So yeah. So hopefully hopefully there's something. Hopefully, city council can find some way not to magically solve houselessness because that will not happen but to answer these concerns and begin to at least work towards some kind of solution uh even though it sounds as if they tried and then somebody said no and now now we're stuck here again yeah yep um yeah i don't know maybe you know this was resolved in the past by opening up a temporary shelter it wasn't really resolved Mm -hmm. clearly but I, you know, maybe that's where we're going. Maybe that's where we're heading. That these people, there will be some kind of like barrier-free housing solution found before the end of the summer, uh, before the uh, cold weather hits. Because it's pretty. Oh, hey, speaking of hot weather, um, mini scandal of sorts was that the fountain at City Hall got shut down and drained. And a lot of people thought that was an act of like utter cruelty on the part of city hall that people had been using that, like people had been bathing in that uh, fountain water and uh, the water, the, the heat has been rising and there's a lot of people there, you know, out in the sun mm-hmm. all day long. Turns out I've heard this from somebody who works at city hall that the reason they did that they've turned the fountain back on since, but doesn't change the fact that that fountain is unfiltered. And it's a closed circle, circuit of water. So water that's in that pond gets sprayed up and then sucked back up and sprayed back out again. So it is a serious health hazard to be in that water and to be using it uh, for bathing. And absolutely, if somebody were to drink it, um, it's, you know, Oregon Trail dysentery time. Wow. Yeah. We don't want that. So I don't know if they've like put chlorine in it now that it's like turned back on. I haven't gone to check and I didn't like look into that today because I just noticed that it was back on this afternoon. But um, yeah, so that's something to keep in mind with that fountain that if you are going to wade in it or wash your hair in it or what have you, uh, do that with caution. 
Don't drink mm. it. Don't get it in your mouth. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And the other thing, too, is some people have suggested, well, why not just put a filter on it? That fountain is freaking old. Like, it dates back to the 60s when that building was built. Yeah, no, there's, so, there's, there's no, I don't think there's an easy fix for this. So. Yeah. And I think a lot of the plumbing would be under the concrete. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I would guess the same. Uh, hold on, Paul. I have to go uh, tend to my uh, soy sauce real quick. Okay. Well, how about we uh, go to Innovative Revenue Tools then on that note? Perfect. I will be right back. Perfect. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Why? Yeah. Uh, Aiden. Yes. How would you vote for goats? Are you unanimous for goats, Aiden? I am. I am all. I am goat pilled. I'll put it yeah. that way. You're part I'm, of the goat unanimity. Yep, I am. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm team goat. I'm. I'm goat sided. Uh, I'm goat seed. You know that's. Can we keep? Well, so is city council. Woo! They're goat seed. Nice. Yeah. yeah, we got a. Uh, we got a vote on goats. Uh, at that same council meeting that we were talking about before the break, uh, Councillor Cheryl Stadnichuk had brought forward this motion ages ago. Like, I think over a year ago, she originally brought forward this motion that she wanted the city to explore ways to regulate non, oh, sorry, regulate co- cosmetic pesticides. And the result of all of that was a report saying, yes, let's do that for the city operations. And this has dragged on. Uh, ever since. So literally all this report is saying is that uh, the city of Regina landscaping and the whole like outdoor operation for the city of Regina is going to look into ways to, you know, further reduce their use of pesticides for like, you know, their gardens and their fields and their parks. Uh, specifically, they're going to eliminate the use of glyphosate-based products like Roundup and uh, diclobanil-based products like Casseron and continue to not use 2,4-D-based products like Killex on weeds and parks. Okay. This actually got voted down at executive committee. So council said, yeah, no. And it was a close vote, but still it failed. Um, it came back again. Uh, every recommendation of executive committee goes back to council for a final vote, which is usually a rubber stamp. But this time, Councillor Stadnachuk was the one to move it. And she said, I'm just going to move the original recommendation. Poo-poo to the executive committee recommendation. I will ignore that. So she just moved instead of what would have been what should have happened is she should have moved executive committee's recommendation to do nothing. She just said, I want to go back to my original motion. That's what she did. Uh, Councillor Zakidniak seconded her. And so, yeah, we got this back on the floor of council. There were still arguments against it. Councillor Hawkins's big thing is that city administration is already doing this. They're already looking into ways to reduce their use of pesticides. So we don't need new a new bylaw. We don't need a new rule. Nothing. Um, but Councillor Stadnachuk pointed out that the only reason administration is doing that is because of a motion of council from years ago that said, stop using pesticides for cosmetic reasons. So this is just like a natural extension of how this whole process worked out. So this went to vote, which I didn't expect to see happen. Um, so, th- But uh, Councillor Hawkins insisted that this vote get split up into three parts. So there's three parts. So that part about getting rid of or severely limiting those specific named chemicals 
That passed in a vote of six to five with LeBlanc, Mancinelli, Mole, Stadnachuk, Stevens, and Zakidniak voting in favor. Um, the second part of her motion, which is uh, do, 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 to consider a $40,000 investment in public education about you know, ways to take care of your lawn and your own gardens without using pesticides, uh, that passed nine to two. Only, uh, only Brishani and Hawkins voted against $40,000 for education. But then the third part was the GOAT vote. The GOAT vote. Yeah, so administration uh, had recommended, you know, we could look into using goats on like, you know, big fields and parks and stuff and bring them in. Uh, there's already a, a herd of goats that comes into uh, Wisconsin Park every summer and they, you know, clear big swath of all the weeds. And uh, but because it is provincial uh, territory, uh, the province can just like say, yeah, go do that. The city of Regina has a bylaw against having goats in the city. So the to get goats to clear up our weeds, we have to change the bylaws. So that's what, and that passed unanimously. Council said yes. Yeah. Hawkins even said yes. We want goats in our city to get rid of our weeds, and so that passed unanimously. So we 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 got the goats goats. We did. So rest assured, Regina, we will have our goats. Yes. Um. Yeah. So that was good news. So it really looked bad for the uh, regulation of, of cosmetic pesticides, but it came through in the end. Um, the other item that was on that council meeting, the only other item that I was really interested in anyways, was Councillor Brishani's parking minimum report. Ooh, yes. We talked about this briefly in our last meeting with uh, Kevin Reese that uh, this had started out as a motion from Councillor Stevens to investigate getting rid of parking minimums, maybe just in some parts of the city, maybe the whole city. Councillor Brashani swooped in and changed it into getting to just ignore that and to get a report on raising parking minimums for apartment buildings in the suburbs. As expected, when this report came forward, Councillor Brashani didn't move administration's recommendation, which was to do nothing. And the report very clearly shows the parking minimums are a bad thing, that they're horrible for building housing. Because if you build an apartment building, you have to build like a ridiculous amount of parking that right. costs the developer money and also costs the city money in the long term. Well, Lori Brashani is unswayed by this. And uh, so she moved, uh, seconded by Councillor John Fendura, that the city council approve an amendment uh, that increases parking minimums for multi-unit high-density residential buildings in the suburban context to require 1.5 stalls per dwelling unit. Currently under the zoning bylaw, it's one stall per dwelling unit. She's raising it by 0.5. This is massive, right? Like this is 50% more. Yeah, that's this is this is kind of insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um this will only apply, fortunately, just to areas outside the uh the intensification area. So it is for new neighborhoods but um it's uh yeah it's 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 in it's it's crazy especially since like we just lowered the the requirement from 1.5 to 1 so there's only been a few buildings that have been built with the one requirement so her concerns about parking um aren't really going to be solved by keeping this 1.5 
in the suburbs because she's not happy and she's getting complaints all the time for buildings that have this 1.5 requirement. Um, she talked at length about how it's not fair. They don't have transit in her part of the city. The suburbs don't have transit. So we can't, we can't expect people to get around without their cars. They need their cars and cars need parking. So Wow. That's just so close to getting it. So close. Right. And one of the things that we've learned uh, from the, uh, the transit master plan is that Harbor Landing uh, has uh, some of the highest transit uptake in the city. And it kind of was forced to have these like transit routes by a previous council that were like added in. And the route from Harbor Landing to the university is the most heavily used transit line in the city. Uh, like I, I think it, it th- those buses are frequently over capacity. Um, and, one of the things that the city found when they went out and looked at parking situation in all the different, you know, suburbs is that the Greens on Gardner, which doesn't have that tra- transit requirement yet, uh, the parking situation on the streets is much worse than in Harbor Landing, where they actually found that a lot of these parking, uh, a lot of these parking lots attached to high rise apartment buildings, a lot of spots are sitting empty because the people who live there, there's a lot of new immigrants in uh, Harbor Landing, they don't need multiple cars. And they've also found that in these neighborhoods with high density apartment buildings, the number of cars drops really close to one per, per, like one per housing unit, right? One per apartment. Uh, I think it's 1.6, which is still a little high, but um, so the transit works. The solution then it would seem to me would be to get transit to the Greens on Gardner, where they have these parking problems. But we're not doing that. We're forcing every developer to build 50% more parking instead, which just kind of downloads this whole problem onto the backs of developers and the people who are paying rent out on the edge of yeah. the city. Remember I, I said earlier earlier in our meeting that City Hall is limited in what it can do and the, and the kind of powers and sort of... One thing that City Hall can do is expand transit. It's within yeah. their power to do this. Yeah, I mean, there's a cost, but there's also a cost to, as you pointed out, to you know expanding parking minimums. Uh, but I mean, but here's the thing: if you don't have, if you don't encourage people to have extra armored super shells that they can put around their body and leave their homes in, um, is 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 it really a successful society? Because you need those armored super shells. It's been like the dream of like society from when we first like left the trees to have armored super shells around each person. So why hate on us? Because we've, we've achieved the dream of the human species. Exactly. Well, it's certainly been the dream of the 20th century. Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that car ownership and democratic freedom more like rightly or wrongly, is just wedded in, in, our, in our brains, especially in the brains of, especially in boomer brains. Um, and so as far as they're concerned, the more chance you have to like, you know, extend your body into like, you know, two tons of like aluminum and plastic uh, that is capable of like going real fast and taking you away from your terrible home life whenever you need, 
well then, ta-da. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. when you're on transit or when you're walking, you you have to share the space with other people. Your your invulnerable shell is constantly being penetrated by by others. Uh, and then, but when you when you have a car, you, you have your own private space that cannot be cannot be violated. Yeah. And you can you can actually run people over if you really want to. So you really can. You don't, but you could, and that's important. Yeah. Hey, speaking of boomer brains, mm-hmm. uh, I have some. Uh, oh, why can't I find it? I have some. Uh, I have some boomer brain to share with you. Oh, delightful! Yeah, this is this is Counselor Hawkins uh, after. Administration has spoken and talked about why they recommended doing nothing and keeping the one parking unit, parking stall per unit after Councillor Andrew Stevens spoke about, you know, what a problem overbuilding parking is. Here's Councillor Hawkins uh, weighing in on that. Thank you, Councillor Stevens. Councillor Hawkins, please go ahead. Thank you, Mayor. What kind of alternate universe are you folks living in? For 10 years, I've represented Harbor Landing. For 10 years, people have phoned me and said, as Harbor Landing has become more and more dense, there's no place to put our cars. That's learning by experience. They can't find a place to put a second car. They can't find a place to entertain a guest. They are frustrated when they come home after work and have to park three three streets or four streets over only to have the person living four streets over to be frustrated when they can't find a parking place. And they're all frustrated on the days that it snows and the narrow streets fill in. I have nothing against public transit. I think it's important and I think that people should have a choice to take public transit. I ask those of you who support transit, public transit to give cars their due and for fairness sake. Now you may say cars pollute. Well, they do, but they're going to pollute less and less over the next 10 years and by that time they'll all be electric. Like it or not, and this will not change, in Regina, because of weather, because of limited public transit infrastructure, which will get better through time, but it'll take a long time, and simply because of culture, people want to own cars. And every one of you knows in a family that if you have a couple of teenage kids, you might get up to three cars, one for dad who goes to work, one for mom who goes to work, and one for the teenager who buys a jalopy. That's the reality that I think exists, and it's certainly the reality that people in Harbor Landing suffer through because of the chaos, because of the poor city planning that didn't leave enough space for parking. It is because I support density that I insist we must have enough space for parking. Otherwise, we have chaos. So for me, density means 
minimum parking spaces, and as Councillor Bresciani has pointed out, 1.5 stalls seems to be a reasonable minimum. So I'm going to support her motion, and I'm also going to ask, as you think about this motion, to recognize not some dream state, but to recognize the, Regina, the reality of Regina, and to take a moment to think, maybe cars aren't all bad, because that's what the citizens of Regina want us to say. They actually enjoy their cars, and I have no problem with that at all, provided that we also provide decent public transit. I strongly support Council Bresciani's motion. Paul? Yes? You know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to take my date down to the chocolate shop in my jalopy. I think there's a dream state going on, and it's not from people who insist on reasonable parking. It's in the head of Councillor Hawkins because he thinks we live in Riverdale. Oh. I fear it's just, true. I fear you're right. I yeah. just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, it's, it's like, instead of going, maybe, maybe we don't have like houses with three or four cars. I mean, I don't think cars are evil, but I think car ownership turns people's brains to mush. And ha what Hawkins is saying is, is, a, is a pure example of that. Yeah. I just, I, I, I'm just, and it wouldn't be, and I, I wouldn't, my hackles would not be so raised. I wouldn't be so triggered like some kind of lib uh, so much if, uh, if he'd sort of said, you know, that we, we, we do need to address, you know, parking needs in some way. So I support this. Instead, he just does that obtuse, argumentative gambit where he strawmans, you know, people who want different things into like believing that cars are all bad and then says there will be chaos. No, there won't be chaos. Like this is this is ridiculous. What he said was ridiculous. Um and I don't know, like I'm sure he gets lots of calls and complaints about parking. No matter how much parking there is even if there's like vast fields of parking, he's going to get calls complaining about parking. That's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah. That's, yeah. It is a fact of city council that, uh, and Councillor Stevens had pointed this out when he was uh, joining city council. Uh, council. He was speaking with Councillor O'Donnell, former councillor now, who had warned him and said, you're going to be spending a lot of time on council speaking about parking. And, uh, and Stevens said, I thought he was joking. <laughs> so I chuckled and I moved on, but that Councillor O'Donnell has gotten the last laugh because they spend so much time on council talking about parking and about people's oh. perception that there's never enough parking anywhere in the city. Yeah. And I, I feel, I feel for people who, who have, you know, who find parking difficult. But, oh. I uh, well, anyways, we're on the Queen City Jalopy Bureau on ninety-one three FM CJTR, Regina's Jalopy Station. Right, and uh, I'm going down to the chocolate shop to order fifty-five burgers, fifty-five fries, fifty-five shakes, etc. Say hi to Pops for me. I, I will do. 
the yeah the the lunacy of all this is just so maddening um one of the things that like when you build a big parking lot you're building a parking lot for a hundred years that parking lot's going to stay there for a hundred years it's never going to go away and we're already seeing that in places that get that transit in the future or get that transit now the parking is less required and you know if you can actually like successfully shift people out of their cars that you wind up with a bunch of empty freaking parking lots. And if you go to any of the yeah. malls or shopping districts in Regina, you will find that there's like vast tracks of, um, of empty parking spots and they never get filled up. So you're going to be building extra city just to accommodate empty parking spots that will sit there for the next century. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though eventually Green Sun Gardener is going to get their transit. And I just feel like we should be building... We should be making our transit rule, not our transit, we should be making our parking minimums for the city we're going to be and for the transit system we're going to have and not for the situation now. And I should note, every single time this or previous city councils has okie-dokied some sprawling suburb on the edge of the city, they've been warned that transit cannot serve those neighborhoods, that you approve these uh, with the problem of people having, you know, no way to get around the city except in a car. And they have just allowed the city to sprawl out to its infinite horizon, despite not having any solution for that problem. And counselor, the thing that bugs me about Hawkins making this plea for the poor innocent jalopy to be treated fairly. Oh, yes. And that, you know, he has no problem with, with, with transit, he has been the most foot draggingest counselor on transit that we have. He objected. He tried to like kill the U pass. That is part of the reason that the transit system is so viable to Harbor. Really? Jeez, so yeah. And he's been talking about why do we even have buses driving around that are mostly empty? That's a waste. We've got to get those buses off the road because oh, they're mostly empty. So I don't buy it. I don't buy that councillors Bershani and Hawkins really care about transit. They care about parking and mm-hmm. getting more of it. And they can never satisfy the population because the more parking you build, the more cars people will have and the more parking you will need. Yeah. Yeah. People, people live, you know, they, people can live with like one or two cars per household. Yeah. I mean, I, I know to and you know if uh, and here's the thing with with winter, it's very cold, and when the snow falls, it doesn't melt. We mm-hmm. don't have a lot of snowfall. I've lived in other places with more snowfall and mud and fewer problems yeah. with with ice and snow, and that's not, and that's down to city budget for for snow removal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, th- I think there, I think there are, like well, just like you know when I say so close to getting it, I, I think there there are lots of things issues that can be addressed, but they, I feel like they're deliberately ignoring the the actual problem, so they don't have to deal with it. They just don't have to think about it. Yeah, because what's in front of Hawkins all day is people phoning about parking. Yeah, so. 
And we're here, we're in this situation with uh, sprawling suburbs, density on the edges of the city in strange places that aren't served by transit because of decisions that council's made. Mm-hmm. And not their their inability to rethink the way that they design the city, and so we're they are instead of solving these problems, dreaming up new ways to design the city. Looking at all the cities around the world that have solved these problems, uh, they just keep making the same bad decisions. The same bad decisions that got us to this yep. bad situation. Yep. Exactly. I mean, uh, on the other hand, I mean, I I do enjoy getting mad at Councillor Hawkins, and I know you, I know you pick these things, so I'll get mad at them. So, (laughs) well, you know, and I do, I I thoroughly enjoy Councillor Hawkins when he goes off on these little uh, whimsical oratorical uh, flourishes. Uh, So I, uh, (laughs) I wouldn't want to deprive you of them if I get to enjoy them. So should you. But yeah, so that passed, um, and it passed quite thoroughly. Um, oh no, I take that back. It passed six to five. So we had Bershani, Fendura, Hawkins, Mole, Nelson, and Mayor Masters voting for raising parking minimums, and LeBlanc, Mancinelli, Stadden, Chuck Stevens, and Zakidniak voting against. Um, cities around the world, th- when, when Stevens first floated this idea of getting rid of parking minimums, you know, you could you really only pointed to a few cities in North America that had gotten rid of parking minimums over the intervening two years. Like dozens of cities have gotten rid of parking minimums to one degree or another. Edmonton has just gotten rid of their parking minimums, and uh, they have a far more significant sprawl problem, far bigger population. Mm-hmm. And the lunacy of this is compounded by the fact that this is not saying we're not going to build parking. It's getting rid of a parking minimum. It's saying yeah. that there are going to be part apartment buildings where it's more appropriate to have fewer parking spots yeah. uh, because they're near transit because they're serving a, a, you know, people who don't have cars. It should be up to the developer to make the decision. And Brishani and Hawkins have just basically, despite being, you know, I think in their own heads, defenders of uh you know capitalism in the neoliberal order um they have just you know dropped the heavy hand of government control yeah, yeah. onto the development industry mm-hmm. that's fun yeah yeah in the name of protecting us from traffic maoism i don't i don't know what they're thinking yeah. but anyway yeah so anyways, yeah, that was it. That's all that there was a ton of stuff that happened at that meeting, but it was a long one. It was another like eight hour meeting. So I uh, have only, I only participated, I only watched part of it. Um, but yeah, we are running out of time. Okay. And I thought I would mention that uh, this is it for me and the Queen City Improvement Bureau for a period of time. For a period of time. Yeah. I have got a grant. I'm going to uh, I'm going to be descending deeper into City Hall. Uh, no one has really ever discovered just how many sub basements there are. So I've got a grant to spend the next two months plumbing the depths of City Hall and finding how deep the sub basements go. You just you just have to get to the hard shell to that creamy center. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm looking for the creamy center of City Hall. <laughs> Find out if like there's like you know a treasure at the bottom. A, a, a candy center 
that uh, have all the solutions and answers. Yes, nougat, delicious mm. nougat. That's right. The yeah. nougat mines. We, should, we like Regina will, will once again start its its nougat mining operations. Oh man, the the revenue that you could get from nougat far better than anything that we've got right now. Oh yeah, taxes schmaxes. The uh, nougat is nougat the future. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So oh, yeah. should we move to adjourn? We should. All right. Well, I move to adjourn. I second that motion. Motion is passed. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Tune into the community. Uh, yeah, we are broadcast from uh, 7 to 8 on Thursday evenings. And we broadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. Your hosts are Paul Shed and Aiden Morgan. Music by Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire. You can also find us on uh, QCIB. Um, or Queen City AB at Twitter, uh, queencityab.com, and cjtr.ca slash podcast. Check us out there and just listen to our back episodes if you're so inclined. Coming up next, we have Anastasia McPartland's show, whose title I have forgotten like a fool, like a total soy boy cuck. So sorry. Uh, coming up next, then there's more, more shows on through the night. It's awesome. That's all. Keep on improving. Your job.